Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. It's hard to imagine a child as a cold-hearted killer. But with events like today's on the rise, it seems to be a pill we are being forced to swallow. On November 8th, 2005, a 15-year-old boy walked into his school armed with a gun he stole from his father. A boy who would leave the body of a school official in his wake and completely alter the course of his future. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On November 8, 2005, Principal Gary Seal of the Campbell County Comprehensive High School in Jacksonboro, Tennessee, received information that a student named Kenneth Bartley Jr. was armed with a handgun. What I can imagine is every school official's worst nightmare. Calling the 15-year-old freshman in high school into the administration office and joined by both his assistant principals, Kenneth pulled out the 22 caliber and was asked to turn out the contents of his pockets. As Gary reached for the gun, asking if it was real, Kenneth reportedly said, Yes, it's real. I'll show you. I never liked you anyway. In a flash, Gary Seal was shot. He would go on to shoot the assistant principals, Ken Bruce and Jim Pierce, before being disarmed by a teacher who just happened to be inside of the office. As each of the men were shipped off to different hospitals, police arrived, evacuated the school, sent in the canine unit, and secured the area. Shortly after arriving for treatment, Ken Bruce was pronounced dead while the other two, though severely wounded, survived the shooting. When police began questioning Kenneth Bartley, he claimed he stole the gun from his father and brought it to school with the intention of trading it for Oxycontin. He had taken two Xanax before the shooting and had another 10 in his pocket. He claimed it was never his intention to shoot the officials. The gun was simply a method for payment. According to those who knew Kenneth Bartley, he showed no signs of anything unusual the day of the shooting. But according to officials, this was not the first time Kenneth had an issue with Gary Seal. 
In fact, on one occasion, he actually stabbed Gary in the hand with a pencil when he was the principal at Kenneth's middle school. His family refused to comment on his crime, but were known as well-respected and well-liked members of the local community. Kenneth Bartley Jr. was charged with first-degree murder and two counts of attempted first-degree murder, deemed a threat to the public due to his delinquent record, and scheduled to be tried as an adult. According to the ruling, Kenneth had prior juvenile charges from attacks on both his mother and father, a neighbor, a fellow teen who had not paid for the drugs he bought off of Kenneth, and an assault at a local youth development center. Because of this, they determined another stint in juvie wouldn't really do any good and moved to try him as an adult. Kenneth boasted how he, quote, bucked the system and made threats constantly, bragging to anyone who would listen about his record and what units he had been thrown out of. On April 10th, 2007, just as the jury selection for his trial was about to begin, Kenneth Bartley accepted the plea bargain and, in exchange for a guilty plea, was charged with second-degree murder and attempted second-degree murder, earning him the lesser sentence of 25 years for the murder and two 10-year sentences for the attempted murder. His earliest parole eligibility would have come after 29 years behind bars, and at the age of 18, he was to be transferred to an adult prison. One month after pleading guilty, he attempted to withdraw this plea. According to his new lawyers, Kenneth did not understand what taking the plea meant and that he wasn't able to talk it over with his parents prior to his acceptance. It was denied. Then, in October of 2010, his attorney filed for a post-conviction relief stating that Kenneth took the plea without having a, quote, meaningful opportunity to discuss it with his parents. A court hearing was held in June of 2011 and heard Kenneth claim that his original attorney whispered the terms of the plea bargain to him while the terrified boy watched the prospective jurors file into the courtroom. He considered the deal for only three seconds and accepted without talking to anyone about his choice. After hearing the testimony, Judge Carrie Blackwood vacated his guilty plea and ordered a new trial reversing his own denial from the earlier attempt. The Tennessee Attorney General's office appealed the decision, but it was denied and a new trial proceeded. To avoid the prejudice of their small town, Kenneth's jury was drawn from Hamilton County, Tennessee, and sequestered throughout the entire process. On February 28, 2014, Kenneth Bartley was found guilty of reckless homicide for Ken Bruce's death and not guilty on the charges of attempted first-degree murder. He was sentenced to time served. Less than four months later, Kenneth Bartley Sr. called the police and said that his son was threatening him over a set of vehicle keys. The boy was intoxicated. He was sent to jail and released three days later on bail with charges of domestic assault, felony escape, and resisting arrest on the agreement to live with his father and refrain from alcohol and drugs. He was back in custody a few weeks later after trying to hit two deputies who were investigating a probation violation. He struck up a deal and only received probation. In 2015, he was granted permission to live with his counselor in Virginia rather than go to jail for violating his probation yet again. And the counselor, Aaron Topaski, promised to get him mental health and substance abuse treatment. They allegedly started a romantic relationship and Kenneth was accused, though never charged, for the death of her three-year-old son. According to Kenneth, he fell backwards off a three-foot-high set of steps while in his care. 
He was arrested in February of 2019 for failing to appear in court for a trespassing charge, pled guilty, and was yet again granted probation. A few months later, Kenneth was arrested for assaulting a woman but found not guilty, and as of recently, was accused of brandishing a rubber mallet in an argument with his father's girlfriend. It seems that when the court ruled him as a danger to the public and tried to keep him behind bars, their assumptions may have been correct. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on November 9th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.